What a note say, Dan. Cap dead. Details later. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Kill the Cast, or welcome us back to uh, Kill the Cast, whichever you prefer. It's been a little bit since we've all three been here. Yes, that's right. I am joined by the ever-quotable Jay. Who doesn't have a quote. Who does not have a goddamn quote for that ass. And <laughs> the Silent Hill biker himself, Kenneth. What's going on? Who also does not have a quote. He, he never has a quote. <laughs> he so never has a quote. That's fine. That's that's how he's going. So, uh, it's been a while since we've all three been here. Um, we had some life changes. I moved into an apartment. Uh, Jay transferred jobs. Kenneth uh, did nothing. Um, Save my cat's life. He did save his cat's life, but that was like just this past weekend. Did you use uh, green fluid to do so? Oh, unfortunately, no. I used uh, Jerry's money. Yeah. Oh, okay then. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the only way to save your cat is to get money from me. Little known fact. Mm -hmm. I don't put but, it in a uh, green liquid though. Yeah, because that just kind of, you know, it just segues right into what I've been doing this week. Uh, and that's it. You know, cat got really sick. Had to take the cat to the vet. Called Jerry with an emergency because I didn't have enough money. And uh, Jerry loaned me the money and it saved my cat's life. Hooray! Yeah. Jerry's a hero. Yeah. How is, how is Fatty flowers doing? or something. Yeah. Um, I'm beginning to wonder if I'm going to have to take him back. Uh -oh. um, because, you know, he's still not doing... He's still not going regularly like he should. Um, maybe so it takes a little bit for that. all the medicine to kick in because, like, he's on stool softeners and all that now. Yeah, well, they uh, they they got a follow up visit for him this week, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to him. And then, man, I can't get him to drink water for nothing. Mm, yeah. Unless I physically put it in a syringe and put it down his throat, which I which I do every time he takes his medicine. So mm, fair enough. Well, so. Fat, we're, we're all going to hope that Fatty uh, comes out of this and gets to pooping regularly again. Um, Jay, what have you been up to? Uh, just like you said, changing jobs. Got some other life changes happening. It's just been pretty busy with life stuff in general, so I'm glad that we're all back together for a show again. Don't you got a trip coming up soon? I do have a trip coming up soon. I'm going to be going to California to go to E3. Right, right, right. Nice. Yep, so hopefully he'll see some cool stuff there. And uh, even though it's not horror-related, we'll probably bring it up on whatever the next episode is. There might be some horror-related video game announcements I can report on. That's true. Maybe we'll hear something about that Death Stranding game. Ooh, I don't think that's horror-related. Right. That's just uh, crazy back-assword uh, okay. shit. From the mind of uh, the guy that did Metal Gear. Okay, well, what about Bloodstained Ritual of the Night? Maybe we'll hear something good about that. Ooh. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I, I kickstarted oh. that bitch. So, um, and what I've been doing, I moved into an apartment, and I have been on a couple of different podcasts. I guest appeared on Slice and Dice Dreadcast, which is a sideshow of Death by Podcast. Um and I joined them to talk about 280 slasher movies of Maniac and uh, Slaughterhouse, I think was the other one. Slaughterhouse was terrible. Maniac is great. So that's what you need to know about that. But check out that episode. It was actually in our feed for Horophilia, 
which was really cool because anytime you do a cross promotion show, the show will be in both feeds, which I think is really dope. Um, I was also on a NFW podcast show, but that has not released yet. I think it's still got like two or three weeks before it releases, but I joined them to do a commentary for Shark Attack 3 Megalodon. And it is, it was, it was just a lot of fun. And, um, other than that, Kenneth and I were both on the recent episode of the Skeleton Crew, going over the best of the 90s with Alex and Dan. And, uh, you should listen to that because it was one of the funniest podcasts that I've ever been a part of or listened to. We, uh, were just all on fire, firing on all cylinders, and me and Dan, we're just going back and forth the entire time. Yeah, I can honestly say that was uh, it was a very fun episode because we were ragging on each other the whole time. Yeah. It was so much fun. Plus, you get to find out how Kenneth came to be in possession of the uh, Scepter of Time from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. <laughs> so the actual Scepter of Time? Yeah, the actual set. Kenneth had Kenneth. Uh, uh, are we going back to feudal Japan then? Because uh, we we okay. So to catch to catch you up, Jay, we were waiting on you to record, and Kenneth showed up with the scepter that he got from a crackhead who used to work on the movie. Uh, he stole the scepter while he was getting a blowjob from the crackhead, without paying the crackhead <laughs> the ten dollars that the crackhead was supposed to get for said blowjob. Because, I mean, this is Kenneth. He'd be stealing head. That's how life is. Um, right. And so he showed up with the scepter. And while we were waiting on you to show up, we tried it out. And instead of us sending it us back to feudal Japan, it sent us to the dungeon where uh, Dan and Alex were. And we went and did the 90s with them. It was cool. It was fun. I had a blast. Sounds awesome. Yeah. But... Today, we're going back to the 80s. We're going back to 1985 to touch on a classic of the genre and a classic um, from the category of films that are inspired by H.P. Lovecraft. We are doing Reanimator, directed by Stuart Gordon. And uh, this was actually picked by Jay. Uh, we told Jay since, uh, you're finally coming back to record with us, even though, I mean, it's only been like a month, but still, uh, right. you picked the movie and he picked Reanimator. So that's what we, what we're about to get into. So without further ado, Re-Fucking-Animator, we have a, we, the characters we have are Herbert West, which is played by Jeffrey Combs because he's the only one that matters. Dan I love Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> oh, dude, between this and the Frighteners, he's so good. I wish he apparently was in Gotham at some point, but I, I didn't recognize him because he really didn't play like a big character. But he, he was uh, an office manager. Yeah, he was an office manager. But he's That's also it. done the voice of the Scarecrow in a couple of Batman things, so I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, he does the voice for Brainiac in Injustice 2. Yeah, see? Brainiac, which it's perfect with this character um we also have the main actual character of dan kane his fiance megan Hazley, her father the dean uh alan Hazley, and we have dr carl hill those are the characters we are going to be talking about um halsey halsey is it halsey is not Hazley. it's halsey mm-hmm. 
I don't know why I put Hazley. Maybe it auto-corrected and I just accepted it. Um, mm-hmm. And then, we're not going to do a walkthrough of this movie, but I will talk about the the uh, beginning of this movie because I, I really do like the very beginning of this movie. Dude, the opening of this movie is awesome. It sets you up for exactly what you're going to be experiencing. Like, it doesn't waste any time just getting right into it. I agree. And this movie does not waste any time, period. Like, there That's true. is <laughs> no downtime in this movie. It is constant go, 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 go. And that will actually play into some things I'm going to say, um, especially about the character of Dan. So this intro, we have a nurse bringing two policemen in um, because there's some screaming going on behind a locked door. They show up, they open the door, and it is uh, Herbert West. And, and Dr. The bad ha- guy from Die Hard. And the, the, the bad guy. Gruba. <laughs> yeah, the, Gruba. the bad guy from Die Hard three years before he uh, was in Die Hard. It's Dr. Hans Gruber, and he is dead. And they. We basically sit there and watch as his fucking eyes explode. And <laughs> yeah, we, we find out that he used too much of his uh, reagent. Now. Uh. We then go into the intro and credits, which is them uh, doing a remix of the Psycho theme. Uh, oh, thank God for somebody saying that, because the whole time I'm like, this sounds oh, just yeah. like fucking the main, Psycho. The main theme of this movie is the Psycho, is this theme from Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Uh, it varied, it changed very slightly. It's it's not even a big, big change. Um, but it is 100% the psycho theme like it's even like even the, the put that together yeah even the composer was like yeah that's it's a psycho theme 100 percent. yeah i mean just straight up I'm, I'm like i'm watching in the opening with like you know all the animated brain and all the rest of that and i'm just like okie dokie when is you know this going to turn into black and white and you know chick get killed in the shower exactly I'm, I'm with you 100 percent there i and throughout the whole movie when it would play i would actually start thinking of that buster rhyme song that uses the psycho theme mm. like just Correct. constantly um so that's how this movie starts and uh it it doesn't stop like this this is a very very fast paced movie everything happens within the span of like uh two or three days it is just go 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 so i've got the movie on the tv did you did you notice that you know when dude puts up the address for uh, the room for rent that it's 666 darkmore no, no, I did. Awesome. Yeah, you know what I did I notice though. That. You know what I did what? notice though, and this is kind of jumping around a little bit. But later, when uh, when the dude wheels him into the into the room, uh, pretending he's a corpse, he leaves the toe tag on when he puts a sock on. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like I that's not. That's, there's no way that's comfortable. Hey, he was in a hurry. <laughs> he's very concentrated on what he's doing, Jay. He he, he doesn't have time for this shit. So that's true. Uh, we're we're gonna get into uh, a breakdown real quick, uh, and the first one's gonna be break the, it down the characters and the acting and the development. I, I acting wise, I think everyone did a good job. I can't think of anyone that I thought their acting was lacking. Um, it, there was there were spots with the acting that reminded me of like classical acting from like uh you know like the 50s and stuff like that or even earlier than that you know like uh humphrey brogart and all those that's kind of what it 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 reminded me of classical theater acting 
Yes, I agree with you. I do feel like there is definitely some universal classic monster uh, inspiration when it comes to the acting in this especially movie. Like, especially Dan. His is really... Dan and and the chick, Meg, their, their dynamic really says old school horror to me. Yeah. And, and with this, it, it's going to lead me into my first issue with this movie. Dan. D- okay, Dan seems to be this, like, really well-to-do guy. He's very nice. He's very pleasant. He's very motive. He's he's very good at what he does. He's a rising star. He's, he seems to be, like, the all-around generic good guy. Do you all agree with that? Yes. To an extent. Okay. Until shit so, hits the fan. But here's the thing. I just don't see him going along with Wes's plan. Like, you see uh, your dead cat reanimated twice, but the second time when you actually get to see it happen in front of you, all of a sudden you're like, I'm on board, I'm gonna go tell the Dean, and then the Dean's like, what the fuck, fuck you. He's actually really harsh on him, but... It, and I and I brought into how fast this movie is, and that's one of the things I want to bring up right now. Uh, West kind of just moves everything really fast and pushes people to do what he wants to do by just not giving them a second to breathe. When he, even when he moves into the house, he's like, here's the fucking money. I'm here. I live here now. And then like when they find the dead cat, get out of my room. Trying to like stall everything and, and move everyone out. And throughout this whole movie, you have him doing that. He's just, he uses that to get what he wants. And that's kind of, I guess, what makes Dan do it. But I just feel like Dan shouldn't be that much of a pushover to do it. I just don't feel like Dan is the kind of guy that would go along with this plan and start committing crimes and fucking with dead bodies. Like, he's got a great scholarship. He's got a fiance. I think you just got a problem with motherfuckers named Dan. (laughs) I do have a problem with people named Dan. Uh, Dan Chase, go fuck yourself. That's why The Frighteners so, is the best look, movie over Scream. What? You would have, Never mind. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Just continue with what you were saying, Jay. <laughs> I don't even know what I was saying. Um, but, like, look at So he's a doctor. He's a medical student. Whatever. Uh, he sees a thing come back to life. Obviously, he's interested. Like, wouldn't you be interested in that? And then afterwards, I mean, he's like, up. well, maybe other doctors would be interested in this. And then after shit hits the fan is when he starts committing crimes. I agree with Jay. Because at this current moment, dude, I'm not a doctor. I'm very far from. But if I saw saw a motherfucker bring a dead thing back to life, I'm totally down. Let's do this. Here's the thing. You talk about when shit hits the fan, does he start committing crimes? When do you exactly call when shit hits the fan? Because he starts admitting committing crimes as soon as the dean's like, I'm pulling your funding. Right. He kicked, he essentially just kicked him out of school and told him he's not allowed to be with the person he wants to marry. So he's pissed. And at this point, he he's got to get as much done. Yeah, he's got to get as much done as he can until he can fucking, you know, until all of his shit runs out. Because at this current moment, not everybody knows that he's pretty much, you know, not going to be able to pay to go to school. But at the same time, I think. And, and I could be wrong about this, but I think in that meeting with him and the dean, I don't think the dean said that his he was losing it then. I think he said he was losing it if he did something or if they or if they found out that he was committing a crime. No, 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 no. Uh, that's different. Uh, they he does lose his his 
his scholarship, his his money, they they do 100% say, hey, yeah, that's gone. But then he goes, if I find out that any of the school's stuff was used in said experiments, then I'm going to bring legal action to it. Now, right. so I can kind of see your point here. So basically, he, um, at this point, he, he's lost his funding for school. He might lose his fiance, and he just sees his only way of redeeming himself, of becoming something better, is to jump in Wes's boat and bring back people from the dead to get famous off that. Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of of why he ran straight into it, fucking, you know, balls to the wall. And I probably would have done the same thing were I in his situation. Yeah, well, that's why I bring these up to my issues, because I do have other issues in this movie. I have a... I got some big issues with this movie, actually. But I bring them up to y'all because maybe y'all have got a good explanation. And with that one, I think you do. So I will give it to you and go, okay, I get why Dan did what he did. Not Dan Chase. Moving Dan on. Chase is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. All right. Well, do y'all have anything else to say about the characters or, or their development or anything like that? I honestly, personally, think that every character was straightforward. I mean, you've got West, who, you know, he's he, he's obviously the mad scientist, quote-unquote. And then you've got Dan, who is the uh, up-and-comer, the guy that, you know, has got, has got his whole life ahead of him, and then he fucking makes one piss-poor decision, and bam, it's gone. But, you know, he also seems like he's the type that came from... He's an upstanding guy, but he seems like the guy that came from you know, the middle of Nebraska or something, you know, he's, he, he's like Superman without the superpowers. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah. that type of personality that that's what he seems like to me. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then, you know, Meg, she's pretty, everybody to me in this movie is pretty straightforward. And I think that's, I think that's what makes this movie move along so well. You that's don't really true. need a whole lot of in. Yeah, you don't really need a whole lot of in-depth development because everybody's got their own spot of what they're doing. You got Dr. Hill, who's the fucking narcissistic asshole. You've got the dean, who's the conservative, you know, doesn't want his daughter to get all fucking, you know, uh, however you want to put it. And then you've got Meg, who, you know, is just the, she's the beautiful, you know, reoccurring set of tits in this movie. There's a lot of tits in this movie. Yeah, but Old there's ones, young ones, dead ones, live ones, chopped up ones. I thought Jay was about to go into that fucking uh, uh, scene about the uh, fuck. What movie is that from? When we was when the dudes talking about all the pussy they have. Uh, I don't know. From Dust Till Dawn. Oh. at the oh. Titty Twister. Oh, that's a good movie. Um, Cheech Marin. Yeah, that's that's what Jay just reminded me of. Right. Okay. <laughs> Jay, do you have anything to add on uh, for characters? No, that's a, that's that's pretty much exactly correct. All right, story, pacing, and atmosphere. Um, all of that's pretty good. The atmosphere in this movie is almost all one hundred percent character based because there's not a lot going on with the with the actual like set pieces because everything. I moves. disagree. Well, hold up. I, let me see if you disagree after I say this. Because everything moves so fast and you actually don't get to see that much into these set pieces, they really don't add to the atmosphere to me, but the characters 
bring up the atmosphere because each one's character, like Kenneth said, is so straightforward. You know exactly what they're doing. And the atmosphere to me is all based off of them. When you're feeling creeped out, it's because you're you're, you're looking at something from uh, Meg's perspective and how she's uncomfortable uh, with everything as this continues to go. I would agree with the exception of the basement. We're, the there's two scenes room. in the basement. Will you just shut up and let me finish? <laughs> the basement, the morgue room, and the room that they're in in the uh, when the doctor has his own head and he's cutting people up. We're, we're I just feel like we're in the basement for two scenes. We barely see anything. There's nothing of note in that basement. But one of the scenes is very long, and it just the lighting inside of it. You know how the the makeshift lavatory inside of it that all adds to the atmosphere of the movie. It doesn't even look like, like, even though it's makeshift, it doesn't look like a laboratory. It looks like he has a, a table in the middle of the room and that's it in a, in a, in a magnifying glass. Well, that's your opinion. I disagree. Kenneth, where are you at on this? Jay seems like he's right behind me on what he's thinking. Now, if you watch this movie and you watch it very well, most of the time when we watch horror movies, everything is dark dark everything is dark everything is kind of gloomy or or it's kind of got like the gray look to it or whatever to try to give it that creepy ambiance this movie doesn't have that this movie has the a lot of the directional lighting and it's very very bright and to me this entire movie in every single spot where it's at reminds me of the inside of an er a surgery room the whole goddamn movie reminds me of that not just the parts where they're in by the morgue, the outside of the morgue uh, freezer, but the whole damn movie. When he's in the basement, it's very directionally lit. When they're upstairs, like right now, I'm watching the scene right now where the girl and dude is in the living room. It's very directionally lit. Everything. It reminds me of exactly those bright-ass fucking lights that are shining down on you right before you're about to have surgery. The whole damn thing. Yeah. And to me, I think I think that just adds to it. It adds to that weird mad scientist uh, in the hospital kind of deal that's going on in this movie. The whole damn thing. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I'm not with you on that. I just feel like none of the set pieces stand out at all. Everything is very generic. Everything is very. It's just there so that the characters can be there to further their own story but the set doesn't ever make me go oh wow look at that or anything like that yeah to me the whole thing reminds me of that it reminds me of that that lab look everything oh, well even the inside of the house i'm not like with when you go into jeffrey combs's room like when you go into his room it's the same thing when you go go in there you look at it it looks very lab like you know, he doesn't have anything on the walls it's all sitting down and you see the beakers and all the rest of that and there's a refrigerator with a dead cat in it he also, like, just moved in there, like, a day ago. <laughs> you guys don't, don't have dead cats in your fridge? <laughs> Typically, I've got no. I've a dead mouse. I've got a dead <laughs> oh. rat and a dead turtle in my freezer. Mm. Wait. No joke, I'm being dead serious. Why? Well, Sheldon, uh, Sheldon died, and he never got buried. We just stuck him in the freezer. And then the same thing with the turtle. We just stuck him in the freezer. Ah, okay. That's one of my favorite lines in the movie, by the way, now that we're talking about that. When he says, "Would uh, oh, this should have been my quote for the opening." When he says, what "Was I supposed to leave you a note?" Sorry, Dan, dead cat. Explain later. Yeah, I was. I'm. I'm gonna, I was going to bring up <laughs> that scene. Cracks me up. Yeah, that's actually when we get to uh, best scene, worst scene. That's my favorite scene of the movie. 
I think I think it just encapsulates like the West character, how he is because he's very upfront, he's very dickish, he's very much he really only gives a shit about himself. And uh, I think that line does it pretty good. He just doesn't see it as like, oh, I'm how, what kind of who leaves a note for this? I was just gonna tell you when I saw you. So at a, it, it's half well, you know, this is something you tell that person in person. But at the same time, it's Wes going, I, well, when I saw you, I would have told you. But I'm not going to, you know, call you or anything like that. I think it's very telling of the Wes character. Um, pacing of this movie is great. Uh, it moves along fast. There's no downtime. Um, I, I feel like the pacing of this movie is great. And it very much matches um, the psycho theme as it goes throughout the entire movie. Um and the story is okay. The story is good. Um, tons this is another of, thing that I found. The story was just straightforward. It's yeah, very, I was about to say the same thing. It is 100% straight to the point. It is. Yeah, it's it is my the, biggest issue with the movie. Because it doesn't make any fucking sense. None of this movie makes sense. This is a movie you watch, like, you watch and you just enjoy the ride. Because as soon as you start like actually paying attention... There are so many problems, and a lot of it comes from... They don't really explain to you the mythos of anything in this movie, because there's no time for it. You just kind of have to accept it. But with saying that, I've got so many questions on how the fuck does this happen, how does this work, it doesn't Let's make any sense. Let's see if I sense. can answer them. Uh, I was going to get into it. I'm going to get into it after we go through all the categories. Okay. Because I feel like enough. this is that's going to be the big chunk of our discussion. Um... So, special effects, kills, gore, are fantastic in this movie. And my favorite thing is actually the the uh, reagent liquid, which is glow stick liquid. Really? I did not know that. That's and, interesting. And I read that they said that this is the first time glow sticks were used in a movie. And I'm like, but it's 1985. Weren't glow sticks around in the, like the 70s, and no one no one used them in a movie. They weren't used in a porno to put inside someone or anything. Doesn't make I any bet sense. they were used in an action movie. I know a guy one time that got drunk and drank some of it, and then his piss glowed. What? Did he die? No, he didn't die. I no, you Jay, not. did you Never, not watch hey, the did. movie? Do do do. You're uh, funny. I'm sorry, Kenneth. Go ahead. Pissing green. No shit. Straight up. Drank that shit when he was drunk. Pissed out and it glowed. Well, that makes sense, but I would have thought it would have made him super sick. Mm-mm. Wow. Maybe he was just way too drunk to get sick. I don't know. The but I think it would have been more amusing him for him. Right? It may have been. I don't know. I think it would have been more amusing to watch him puke it up, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> That'd be some glowy puke. That would be the yeah. shit, man. Is it toxic? I wonder actually, if that stuff is... No, you know what? Since that stuff's mostly for kids, I bet it's not toxic. Or at least no. it's not not now. No, it's... I don't know, man. Let's see. It I is would, glow stick liquid that. toxic. Specifically exact in the... chemicals my... inside a glow stick may differ based on the color of light emitted. Ingestion of a mouthful of liquid from a glow stick is considered to be minimally toxic, causing only minor mouth or throat irritation. There, there you go. See, there you go. You can just throw it up. It'll be fine. It'll look really cool. Kenneth, get on that. 
Um, My favorite of the special effects in this was actually the uh, the big fucker that they animated first, the full human that they animated first, the bruising on his back from where he had, from the rigor mortis. That was my favorite, oh. my favorite attention to detail. Fair enough. I really, really liked that. Yeah, you know, I'm, don't I'm get glad. me wrong. The rest of the special effects in this movie were fucking superb, but that was my favorite. Yeah, I will say they did a good job of paying attention to how rigor mortis looks. They didn't pay attention to how rigor mortis works, but they paid attention to how it looks. <laughs> so there's right. that. I mean, that's that's good. Um, but, but the liquid fixes that. Uh, we we don't fully know that. Like that that's one of the problems. We have no fucking clue what this liquid See, does. We can assume. Peer, peer, you can assume, but you know what they say about assuming. But see, the way I look at it is, if you have a situation where. In whatever case, a body wouldn't be able to move, and then is ejected with a liquid, and now it moves. We can just assume that the liquid is taking care of that, instead of thinking of it as a missed story part or a plot hole. Rather, I'll, I'll get into all that later because I have to bounce around with like three or four different things when it comes to that. Um, but yes, the special effects were really, really good. I thought they did a good job of of like having the head separated from the body. Even though the body did look really fucking goofy as it I, I around. really enjoyed the way the body looked. But did it I not really, remind I thought, you of I like... it was really good. It did it not remind you of like some old school like... Like this is one of the things that reminded me of like a Universal Monster classic movie. Because it seemed so like just campy and, and funny. And I loved it, it. It made me smile. Like I don't think it was bad. I think it was really good. But it just, it just was kind of goofy to me. It reminded me of our classic, uh, our classic style. What everybody knows that Frankenstein's monster moved around like. And the moment that I thought that is when the body, the headless body, had the uh, the medical head on the top, and it opened the door when uh, you know the dean brought his daughter in, and it come walking back, and it's walking all rigid with its hands out and open and shit. Yeah, that's when it reminded me of it the most. Yeah, that's the that that's straight up copied from the Bela Lugosi Frankenstein when uh, Frankenstein right. monsters lost his his sight, so he walked around with his arms hanging out. Right. Uh, Jay, what was your some of your favorite special effects in this movie? Uh, the head when he's carrying around his own head, I fucking love that. That's the first. I remember the first time I seen it, saw, seen it, saw it, whatever the correct grammar is. I was just so impressed, and it was so entertaining for multiple reasons, most of which you guys have just said. But yeah, I I absolutely love the dude carrying around his own head. Yeah, I like the bone saw through the body. I thought that was really good, and even that was the, good too. Yeah, the whole the, thing was good. Yeah, the special effects in this movie are fantastic um that is one thing that would get like an almost perfect 10 out of 10 for me the special effects were really good i I don't think they went overboard like i don't think they tried to do like an effect that they really couldn't have done um like alien when they did the fucking android head on the table like they didn't try to go for effect that they just did not have the ability to do by 1985 they could do an effect like that and i think I think one of the strengths, the two biggest strengths of this movie is that they kept their special effects realistic to their goals, and that makes for a much more solid movie, and uh, a lot of times those special effects play into a comedy that's perfect, like when Frank 
Uh, not Frank. I, I wanted to say Frank West. Who the fuck is Frank West? <laughs> Why do I know that? Uh, D- Dead Rising. Oh, okay, yeah, there you go, Capcom. Um, so, but, like, when Herbert Rest grabs Dr. Hill's head and is trying to get it to stand up in the tray, and then he takes that, uh, fucking sharp pointy thing that he's putting notes on like he stole it from a restaurant and he's set the head on that fucking hilarious oh yeah <laughs> it um, was this was this was uh it definitely rides that line of dark comedy yes uh but i think it's one of its strong points because like we talked about earlier with him talking about that note that the comedic timing of that line is hilarious or when um right after they bring the dean back to life and the cop shows, and the security guard shows up and everything, and you've got Dan laying on the floor, like, basically losing his mind, and Wes comes over there and puts <laughs> the, like, blanket over him. Like, he cares, and he's like, look, I've got the tape recorder. It's fucking hilarious. <clears throat> did y'all not find any of that as funny as I did? I did. It was very funny. I just, it's not as funny when you tell it. That's actually probably 100% true. (laughs) No, there's a lot of stuff that made me laugh, and a lot of it uh, is very funny. Whether or not it's meant to be funny or not, I'm not sure what the director's uh, goal was, but it was definitely, it definitely makes me chuckle quite quite a bit. It was intentionally funny. I mean, like even when the dude rips off the chick's clothes. Uh, the the dad zombie rips off his daughter's clothes and the guy's like rubbing his hands together and the look he has on his face when he's about to play with her titties it's just like absolutely hilarious like you know mm-hmm. funny alright so but I think it was a perfect I think it was perfect with riding the line like you said because it wasn't it wasn't too slapstick you know but it's the same it was kind of like the first return of the living dead where it was perfectly in the middle right Yes, that That's is a where, good where it, comparison. Yeah, it, where it was like, yeah, it knew what it was. It knew what it was supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? It knew that it was supposed to be funny, but it wasn't so over-the-top funny that it made it ridiculous. Yeah, it's not like Dead Alive. Dead Alive oh. goes over that line and makes it a bit more ridiculous. I love Dead Alive. Yeah. Um, we ought to do that one at some point. Yeah. They were re put out a Blu-ray. Scream Factory needs to do that at some point. Yeah, the Blu-ray for that is ridiculous. Like a lot of people sell it for hundred. I saw it for fifty-five the other day, and I almost bought it, but I was like, you know what? I'll just I'm just gonna keep holding out for a, a reissue. Hopefully, someone um, puts. I it bought out. the DVD for twenty bucks off of one of the buy sell trade groups, so I'm happy with that. As long as I can watch it. True. Uh, so. The scare, horror, and disturbing of this movie. I actually think the movie is pretty creepy, especially and really disturbing if you put yourself in the place of Megan. She gets it worse than everybody in this movie. Yeah, you're right. She didn't want nothing to do with any of this, and her dad ends up dead. She ends up dead. It's molested by her father and headless doctor, teacher guy. Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine what it would be like. Whatever he was, he was their teacher, but he was also a doctor, waiting to get you know, uh, get molested by a head. 
You know, I, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't imagine what that would be like. I'm, you know, it was, it was that one, you know, that one particular scene where it's just like, you know, she's fixing to get head from a head. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I was like, you know, I'm just That's looking something at it. I like, would I, come up with. It's probably why I appreciate right, the movie. You know, but you know, that's something else that I can appreciate about it is how often she was naked in this movie, which was great. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful rack. Just wonderful. Yeah, amazing. You know, and you, and you got to have that in, in, in these older movies. You got to have it because, like I said, I just watched, uh, right before we started this, I was watching Bride of Reanimator, and Bride of Reanimator has nowhere near the amount of tits that the first one had. And it's, it's kind of sad. But then again, that one came out in 1990. So it's like, okay, with the 90s came less nudity. Lame. Yeah, I guess that's kind of true. By the '90s, it like we started cutting back on the nudity. But either way, I mean, I, mean, it's like, I, I know what you did last summer. You never get to see Jennifer Love Hewitt's tits. Yeah, but all, all those movies—I uh, don't know—that are in the vein of Scream, like where the, you start having a, a much better cast that can act. Everyone's so pretty. You get no nudity with those. Yeah, it's fucking lame. It, no, it's, it's rated funny. R. You're right. No, no, no tits though. Yeah, and that's the reason why we see the a lot of those actresses that were in those '90s movies. Their careers didn't go anywhere. Uh, I mean, what what do we see Nev Campbell in these days? Okay, yeah, they had a good good run from through the '90s and, and up till the late 2000s. But I mean, yeah, we haven't really. I seen mean. Well, well, what, what do you see Jennifer Love Hewitt in now? What the Ghost Whisperer? She's in Criminal Minds. I see her in my. She's been in Criminal sometimes. Minds. Yeah, Criminal Minds is a good show though. Yeah, Criminal Minds is a great show, but you know she ain't nowhere near in the same comparison as the first two chicks that were her predecessors in that. That's true. Especially Prentice, you know, Prentice was the greatest dark-haired chick in that show. Yo, Jennifer like Love her. Hewitt was super hot and can't hardly wait. Yeah, there you go. Like, I'm just thinking back to that movie. She was Isn't that the one where her cousin tries to make out with her? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good movie. This is why I brought it up. I was <laughs> I spent more time with uh spent more time focused on Ethan Embry in that movie, you know. He's a cutie. Wait, there's a Jennifer Love Hewitt's there with all that cleavage and and you're checking out the dude? Yeah. Okay, I no, know, that, that when it really out. comes down to it. Um, so, where's Kenneth, and what have you done with him? Yeah, maybe, man. When it really comes Are you going to point at us and scream in a minute? <laughs> maybe. I've never been that huge a fan of Jennifer Love Hewitt, anyway. Yeah, but you talk about everyone's tits. And so it's Ethan little... Embry's got great tits. Did you not watch The Devil's Candy? Not yet. No. Neither one of you ever watched that? No, I keep no. I I'm the wor- I tried to watch a uh, Black Coat's Daughter the other day and I got halfway through it and turned it off. Did it suck? Uh, or, or could you just not focus? Uh, I was bored as shit. I, I assume it's going to be one of those movies that you'll love because I, it, it was giving me <laughs> it was giving me House of the Devil vibes, where I'm like some shit needs oh, to happen. Cool. But it does have a uh, Raiden from Mortal Kombat 2 in it, so. That's Dexter's Gosh. dad. Yeah, anytime he's in it, I'm all, hey, it's uh, Detective Gordon's uncle in Gotham. 
But yeah, anytime anytime he's in a movie, I'm like, oh hell yeah, I love it. I love his voice. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna try to go back and rewatch uh, the movie and see or try to make it through the entire movie this time. I'm gonna start all the way over and try to make it through. I just I was so bored. Why are we talking about this? I don't know. We've gotten way off on track. <laughs> we did well. That welcome to kill the cast. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so the idea of this movie is very interesting, and it does lead to very, very disturbing possibilities. Very, very creepy through all and out. Uh, I think it does a good job of that. I don't... It's not scary, but it is creepy and disturbing. I agree. It's definitely creepy. It's one of those things where it's like, if if I didn't interject myself in it... And I was just watching it for the fun ride. It wouldn't be creepy or anything to me. I have to interject myself in it to make it creepy. I have to think. I have to think about, you know, like I said a few minutes ago, where I'm like, okay, what can I try to imagine what it would be like to get head from a severed head? You know, you're that right. That would be fucked I'd up. I'd be down with that. I think. I think I need to interject myself into her. Actually, uh... I actually looked her up on Google. She is naked in a lot of stuff. Woohoo! She was in. Uh, she was the uh, the uh, older lady in. Uh, was it We Are Still Here? They Are Still Here? Jay, you know which one I'm talking about? No. Oh, I've got it on my voodoo. Hang on. It came oh, out recently. It came it. out recently where the burned people are are ghosts are the ghosts of people that burned to death in the house. We are still and located in Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are still here. Yeah, that's what it's called. Hmm. Yeah, that one. She was in that, and I didn't realize it. And she's actually she's in your next. Mom too. In I didn't realize that either. Oh, she's in your next. Yeah, she plays Aubrey. Hey, I... The the director of your next is uh, just got signed on to do uh, the Godzilla versus King Kong movie. He's the director. Oh, of nice. So Sweet. they're they're pulling some. They're pulling between that and getting uh the guy who did uh Krampus to do Godzilla two King of the Monsters. They're pulling from the horror world to, to get their directors. Uh, apparently well, that director is also doing, I would guess anyway, an American remake of I Saw the Devil. Oh, yeah. The guy the guy who's doing Godzilla vs. King Kong who directed your next. Yep. I saw that on there and I was like, I don't have high hopes for it just because like any... Like, how if bad you look old at, boy sucked. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was going to go with. How bad old boy sucks. It just... Now, I saw the devil might translate a lot better than Old Boy because Old Boy does have a lot of specifically Korean elements to it, which I don't think I saw the devil has. I think I saw the devil could actually be done in American. I just still don't have hopes for it because, you know, anytime we. Well, I like him as a director. The guest was really good. Did you guys see the guest? No, I haven't seen the guest. I thought I it's did. It's not but... horror. It's more thriller, but it is. It's it's really good. Yeah, I thought I had seen it, and then I realized that what I had saw was the perfect host. Mm, that's um, a different movie. Yeah, it, it's a yeah. No, it has a different title and everything. <laughs> I was shocked. Yeah, but that's the thing that I'm noticing a lot about uh, about nowadays, man. They're really starting to get into the mode of giving up and coming directors a shot. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, like you look at Fede Alvarez, man. That dude came out of nowhere. Yeah, he had done you know like what I mean? a short, and that's it. And now he's blowing up. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, exactly, you know, and they're really starting to do that for people, man. They're really starting to give them, you know, and it's not like it was in the 80s where they're pulling people that did cool stuff and they're putting them on low budget movies. You know, they're, they're pulling these people out and giving them big budget shit. That's true. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I think that does I think that really, really shows a. uh an expansion of the way that movies can be done nowadays. I agree. You know what's funny? I was thinking about this the other day because I was watching um, a documentary on Roger Corman. Mm. How many people start in horror? Like, that seems to be the genre that will boost you. Like, that's your easiest place to start and to move up from. Well, think about it this way. If you can make a well-received horror movie in this day and age, you can do almost every other genre. It's so hard to make a good, well-received, like overall between horror fans and mainstream fans and anybody else who might be going to see a horror movie. It's so hard to make one that's well-received between all those all those groups that something like an action movie that everyone already automatically likes is is easy. I wouldn't say everyone automatically likes, but I see your point. What I was saying is look at it from this perspective, from the actor's perspective. I mean, think about all the emotions you've got to convey in a horror movie. You know, I mean, it ain't like it ain't like other movies. You've got to convey fear. You've got to convey straight terror. You know what I mean? You've got to you've got to convey, you know, sadness, especially if, you know, uh, you're 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 hired on to be somebody that loses somebody else to a killer or a monster or whatever it is. I mean, you've got all the big time emotions that yeah, you've got to convey. Don't, don't forget horny. I was, yeah, I was too. specifically talking yeah. about the directors with my point, I guess, but yeah, I can see what you guys are talking about with the, the acting. My, my point was actors, right. directors, everyone. That's the reason why I went into actors is because I knew you were talking about the directors. And so, you know, uh, and, and that's and then you, on top of that, you got a, the happy go lucky for the first fifteen minutes of the film because just about every single horror movie starts off that way. The first fifteen twenty minutes of the movie is them happy go lucky and setting up the 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 absolutely terrible shit. So, you know, that's the reason why I personally think that a lot of times starting off in horror is the best way to go. Yep, I agree. I'm with you. I love you. Touch me. <laughs> Wait. Wrong thing. Um. So yeah, we uh. We need to get back into this movie. Best. Scene what movie are we talking about again? Repossessed. I love it when she pulls down her dress and her tits fall. Out. Oh wait, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Best wor- Best and worst scene. Uh, Jay, we're gonna start with you. What's your favorite scene of this movie? It's the doctor holding his head and just him doing everything that he's doing. While he has the fake plastic head on his on his body and his real head sitting in the, the surgical tin with the pool of blood. And it's just fucking hilarious to me. Fair enough. Now, do you have a worse scene? Uh, not, not really. I mean, I can't really think of anything that I didn't like. I have to actually say that I was with you. I, I ended up choosing the fighting with the cat scene as the worst. But even then, like, I'm just picking something because there's, I don't really feel like there's any bad scenes in this movie. 
Kenneth, do you feel, do you have anything for worst scene? Not really. I think everything was actually pretty damn good in this. Um, yeah, I, I really have, I got nothing. All right, but what's your favorite scene? The chick at the end of it, you know, naked on the table. I thought that was my favorite scene. <laughs> I love it when a father rips his college-age daughter's clothes off. That was always no, my dad's dream. Sever head comes down and starts to lick on her. To me, that was, that, that was the best scene. I mean, it conveyed everything that this movie was trying to convey. It conveyed terror. It conveyed fucking uh, humor. It conveyed just absolute sickness and disgust. I mean, the whole thing. That I mean, that's the reason why I was at the climax of the movie, because it had everything in it. Yeah, that's true. My uh, my favorite scene was the, was the cat dead details later one. But I also do want to give a shout out to the scene where um, Dr. Hill shows up and confronts Wes about everything that's been going on. And he's talking about how he's going to steal uh, his, his formula and he's going to do everything that he's, he wants him to do. And then Wes kills him with a fucking shovel and then puts his head on a spike in, inside that tent. I think that scene from beginning to end is fantastic. It definitely is. All right. So with that said, it's time to get into the big thing. Plot holes and stupid shit, and this is where I have way too much to say. Okay. This movie is really bad when it comes to consistency of the 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 region agent that the whole science part of this movie has no consistency uh like you go from the beginning of the beginning of the movie where hans gruber dies and wes goes oh i used too much to later in the movie going giving the guy 15 cc's going oh well i need to give him more because we don't know how much a human subject needs well you, you kind of do. You know how much not to put into them. And a, then you add another 20 cc's to them. So 35 cc's seems to be okay. Uh, so apparently you put like 50 cc's into the first guy. And that made his eyes explode. In which that doesn't happen to anyone else. No one. Uh, they have some blood come out of their mouth. But that's it. Which I don't know how it just warmed up the, the, the blood that was supposed to have been like pulled to the bottom of the body and dried up with rigor mortis and hardening yet it's it's liquid now coming out of their fucking mouth well that's one of the biggest things that i have an issue with movies like any kind of zombie movie or whatever else is when the blood comes out of whatever this reanimated thing is and it's completely red you know, that just scientifically, that just makes absolutely no sense. It'd be black and gooey and oozy if it came out at all. Exactly. You know? and, yeah, that I, I completely agree with you that. I mean, if we're going to go into realism like that, well, you know, that's the, that's the same reason why Fast Zombie does not make sense. Yeah, well, it's like I said, okay, I think this movie is a great movie if you just sit down and enjoy the ride. And you just have a huge suspension of, of belief here. Yeah, like one of the biggest things that I got going into what you were talking about, one of the biggest things that I got is through the entire first half of the movie, we never see somebody come back to life or be reanimated with any kind of coherent thought. 
it's always some kind of craziness, you know, whether it be because he gave too much or whatever it is. But the moment that he brings back Hill's head, he's completely in thought and can fucking communicate. It's probably because of how his personality to begin with is so driven and already a little crazy that it probably just worked very well and he was able to take control over the the crazy brain that everybody else already gets. That makes absolutely no fucking sense. Yes, it does. No, Have you ever his brought somebody person, back to life? His personality was, was so strong during his life that when he came back to life, his personality just shone through the personality of the dean. Well, you know, he was a conservative and he was kind of bland, so he came back just insane, like every single other fucking corpse in this movie, except yes. for this one guy who has a lot of personality. It could and also be how he died, too. I don't know. Oh, yeah, let's I'm get into saying. that. He, There's things. We, we reanimate parts. He reanimates, you. he reanimates the head, which is doing breathing fucking noises, which makes absolutely no fucking sense, is talking, which, I'm sorry, I'm pretty sure if you're decapitated, your vocal cords are not going to be able to make any noise because they're fucking that's actually in. That's actually in my notes, that very thing. Yeah. Is in my notes, and where then, I said the vocal cords. And then on... And, and then on top of that, where the fuck is the air that he's talking with? Yeah, because he, he goes, has no vocal he cords. Goes, he goes, bastard. Right. <coughs> Even down to the point where you see bubbles from where he's breathing coming up through the blood. And I'm like, without lungs, you cannot breathe. Yeah, and here's the other thing. How, why, <laughs> what the fuck is with the adding more blood to the pan? Like, the blood is doing any, anything. Like, his veins are sucking up the blood and sending it to his brain, even though he can't suck up any fucking oxygen because there's no lungs attached. But we'll add blood to it because you can, I guess the veins are breaking down the blood into some weird combination that somehow provides oxygen to the brain. That's the only thing that I could come up with of why that made any sense is because the that blood that he was pouring in there was getting oxygen to the brain some kind of which way. But then that, that would change. Then that would change. What's the point of the fucking breathing other than just to be talking? And then on top of that, when it really comes down to it, unless you consciously think about sucking in air when you're using your lungs, when you're breathing normally without thinking about it, you're not actually sucking in air. Your body's pushing air out, and then air automatically rushes back into that empty space. Yeah, it, like there's so many. I, could, I have so many examples. Uh, why does the one the 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 big zombie? I don't, I don't know if he's technically a zombie, but the big zombie, uh, they bring back in the morgue for the first time. They can kill him with a bone saw through the heart. But, like, I, I don't fully, like, the cat, I guess, died in a similar way, but they can still be brought back. So even if that heart was gone, he could still bring that dude back because he brought a head back. Right? Yeah. I mean, and that's another thing. I mean, if you really think about it, but, you know, you've got this agent that's in there reanimating this body. It's like, okay, at that point, how could you kill the body again? Wouldn't it just keep going? Exactly. Like, Or does the fluid run out? We, I guess we don't see it long enough to see. Like, instead of, I think it would have been cooler if instead of the, them pouring blood into the head, he would have made his body inject him with more of the shit, of, of the, the green stuff, to keep him going. That would make more sense than. Well, see, there was actually the a pan. scene where I, that happened. I agree about that. 
there was actually a scene where that happened where when uh when he went back to his office you know right before he had this weird fucking telepathic link oh damn the dean i I will actually Uh, get into that i found an answer for that Okay, cool, because I really want one. But right before that, where he just goes into the office, you actually see the the body give him another injection. And, uh, you know, that's the reason why I say the second movie answers some questions. Okay, so let me get into the whole telepathic thing. Because, yes, there's no way he is able to control his body at all like there's 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 no sensory organs attached there's there's no nervous system there's nothing and he can't talk to it to tell it because it doesn't have fucking ears and technically he couldn't do any telepathy i I guess he could be using like when you move like a, a bend a spoon or move an object he's doing that to the body but that doesn't make any sense especially since with all the other corpses he has to lobotomize them and when he does that then they start listening to him but even that really doesn't make any fucking sense. But I actually looked into it, and in early drafts of the script, for some reason, Dr. Hill was doing experiments in mind control and had actually succeeded. And you see it in the end of the movie where he's actually able to control all the other zombies. And when he tells Herbert West, uh, you will do what I say. Those are elements left over from that, from the original script. So right, which seems like that they that they cut the movie and 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 cut out key shit to well, leave stuff to this, that doesn't make sense. They never that that never made it to the final script. It was in the first draft script. It didn't make it to the final script. So they never actually filmed anything that was going about that. But for some reason, forgot to take out those few elements which okay that happens if you look at like godzilla versus the sea monster that movie was originally written to be a king kong movie because toho still had the rights to king kong and so that's why in that movie godzilla is awakened by electricity uh shit like that because even though they changed godzilla they didn't bother to change other elements to take out and that's what we have here they didn't bother to take those finished elements because they were like well the mind control was the only way he could be able to control all these zombies, but we took that out. Well, fuck it. Just leave it in. It's, it, it'll be fine. At that point, a head's already tried to eat out a woman. No one's going to pay attention to this. Yeah, right. And and so, you know, there was just all these things, man. That was one. Of, that was the biggest one that got me about it is the telepathic shit. Because I'm like, like, especially when he goes into, into his office and he's looking at you know, the Dean through the, through the fucking, you know, one way glass window or the one way that, you know, the mirror and, and it, he just says its name and it gets up and walks over there. I'm just like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Like, and then the, the phantom fucking limb, phantom body shit. That's yeah. the only thing I can think. And of. why is every other person and cat that gets brought back to life? Like, uh, birth is pain. Herbert, Herbert West says that, but the, when when Dr. Hill comes back to life, apparently, according to Jay, his personality is so strong, he doesn't actually have to go through that pain. No, that's... I'm just saying, he has, his mind is more prepared for, for dying and coming back to life than everyone else's. What's your basis on that, though? That's, like, that is literally using, like, the same logic of the body can control... The, 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 the head can control the body... Because I don't got a reasoning for that one. Like, but I I just don't understand. Like, 
Kenneth, are you with him on the personality thing? I, I, no. Do you, at least, uh, do you at least understand what I'm trying to say? I yeah, think you're they, trying they, to they, use they, shitty Hollywood logic, Hollywood movie logic. No, no, logic no, no, no. To he's trying to. He's not trying to use shitty Hollywood logic. He's thinking to himself, okay, this dude has a greater mental capacity than others. But the reason why I disagree with that is because the majority of the things in the movie that he's famous for, he stole from other people. He did get called a plagiarist in Europe, and that's very big. Right, and so he's he, he's already stole stuff. We we know that he's trying to steal the 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 serum from Herbert. You know, he's trying to steal the the serum from him. The other stuff that he's known for, you know, and then the other thing is that the brain only works for six to twelve minutes after. That is the only thing that I can come up with of why he would be so conscious where everybody else isn't, because he literally got, you know he literally got stabbed in the back of the head within those first six well, minutes where his con- so did, where his consciousness is completely there. So Other did Dean. That, so did the Dean. He got brought back right, within so, that same time frame, and it didn't work for him. Right, but the right. Dean, I don't know. I'm having a very hard time articulating what I'm trying to say. Because the Dean would be uh, maybe not as smart as him, but fuck, he's the Dean of a fucking hospital university. Like, you don't then, get that by sucking back, dick. Yeah, and then going back to what Jay was saying, I mean, it's like, okay, he might have had a greater mental capacity, yeah, but you're also thinking taking a guy that believes that there's no life after death. And so when when you look at it like that, what you said earlier about a guy that's more prepared for, you know, mentally for coming back to life or whatever else, he wouldn't be because he expects that there's no life after death. You know, six minutes after you, uh, six to twelve minutes after your, you know, your your body stops, your brain stops, and that's it. But Over, he saw done. it before. He saw it before they. Uh... He, oh wait, he saw. You know what? Something just popped into my head, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Can I pop into your head? Sure. Yeah. But uh, so Herbert shows Ooh, I him. Pop my head into you. <laughs> Herbert shows him the serum working. And then there's kind of a time lapse, and he says, let's see how it works with my changes. Well, then he tries it on something, and then Herbert kills him. No, her, no. No? He, no. Where where did you pull this scene from? The scene... I'm, her, uh, I'm pretty sure. Hill is, is talking about how he's going to steal all of it, how, uh, how amazing it is, and West is backing up to grab the shovel... And then he hits him over the fucking head, but I don't, they don't try anything. It's literally, they put, oh, this is cat what, flesh, uh, and they put a little bit of the, this, their, they, right. was already the in there putting says, serum on the cat flesh. Yeah, and the doc, the only thing the doctor says is, let's see how my serum works. Oh, my, doctor. okay, see, there we yeah, go. Dr. He's Hill saying my serum that. as in, He's, as in, I'm taking it now. Yeah, right. Not my serum as in, I've made change. Okay, see, that's what happened. I just, I. Same thing. That's, I just changed the meaning. That's why we do this. We we figure we're, we're gonna figure this all out. Um, so I mean, to me, it just absolutely makes no sense of why this man has his, you know, his his per, his personality and his conscious thought, and nobody else does. Yeah, here, it makes no sense to me. And here's his the thing: drive to to do the act. He wanted to rape the the dean's daughter so bad. That yes, he he regained conscience. In fact, in fact, when he's watching his body touch her boobs, he even thinks he can feel it. 
And I'm just sitting there going, well, if the body fucks the girl, does he feel it in his mind or is it just like him watching porn? No, he feels it. Trust me. That's what I'm saying, man. I whoa, mean, whoa, whoa. Have... Why do you say trust me? Like you've been uh... beheaded and watched your body. <laughs> Fuck uh, the daughter of, of your uh, boss, I guess, would be the proper term here. Um, Let's just say I'm into some kinky shit. Okay. Fun, fun. Uh, Kenneth, what were you but, saying? But uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, the psychic link that he has, man, it makes no sense whatsoever. It makes no sense. I mean, and it's not even just a, a for the ride of the movie. It just makes no sense. Yeah. I mean, like him being able to feel what's going on with his body. That makes absolutely no sense. The only way that you can feel what's going on with your body is if your spinal cord is intact. And it's not. You know, I mean, there's no way other than some kind of weird mental phantom, you know, phantom limb syndrome, like I said earlier. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not. Otherwise, it just will not happen. Yeah. But even then, it wouldn't be him telepathically communicating with his body. It would be more like him bending spoons or picking up objects where he just is mentally making this body basically move like manipulating a fucking... his body. Yeah. yeah like manipulating a his body like a like a marionette. Yeah. That that's the only thing that worked. I mean, because even like I understand like the lobot the like lobotomizing all of the the corpses he reanimated because obviously that actually does for some reason take away the aggressiveness they have. It remind I guess it's something. I guess that he had watched Waterboy. He had knew that the Aduma Abogada is what controls that, despite what Mama said. <laughs> And, and so he used that with this, and I get the lobotomizing them to make them less aggressive, but that does not explain how they just all of a sudden are a well-organized army fucking at his disposal and control. Well, you see, what he did was he implanted a little bit of his own brain. No, I'm just making yeah. shit up now. <laughs> okay, now, Kenneth, I have a question for you, because you watch Bride of Reanimator. Mm-hmm. All these problems that we're talking about, did they solve any of these problems, or is it just another along for the ride movie? You don't have to go into they detail, talk about, but I they just talk wanna... about in *Brighter Reanimator*. They talk about why the serum does some of the things that it does, as in, you know, not bringing somebody back completely to their consciousness a little bit. Um, he changes the serum and, and adds a couple of things to it in the second one. So it, it, it makes it a little bit more like Frankenstein kind of, kind of, I mean, you just got, you, you got to watch it, man. I mean, because there are questions that do get answered, but very few, you know, it's more of like, uh, it's more of like a ripoff of the bride of Frankenstein pretty much, but there is a couple of things that do get answered. Interesting. But it's it's mainly about the makeup of the serum more than anything else. Hmm. Well, okay. Yeah, but, the, like, that's my biggest issue. If you just sit back and watch this movie, it's, it's, it's a fun ride. But if you start thinking about it, it gets headache-inducing trying to figure out, like, the mythology. Because it's not the same, like, they don't give you any mythology, so that's part of the problem, but it's not like um, he never died where I can go, they gave you part of the mythology and then made up their own so when you have to go research it, you find out how fucking wrong it is. It's different. They just didn't give you the mythology. They didn't give you anything to go on. So you just have to start questioning shit, and it's not like you can go research and find out where they're wrong. And I was hoping that maybe 
in Bride um, and the third movie, maybe they... Because I've never seen Bride or the third movie. I'd only seen this movie. Well, Bride came out in 1990, and then Beyond Reanimator came out in, like, 2003. Yeah, and you know why they call it Beyond Reanimator? Because it goes beyond H.P. Lovecraft's story. Because, like, part of this movie is based off a part of an H.P. Lovecraft story, and then... This, the Bride of Reanimator is based off that same story, just a different part. And then Beyond goes beyond. They're not using any of the Lovecraft stuff anymore, so they called it Beyond Reanimator. Well, you know, fucking uh, the uh, if I'm not mistaken, the story itself, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft uh, ripped off of Mary Shelley anyway. Probably. I don't know. I haven't read the story. I've never read anything H.P. Lovecraft. Though I have been noticing well, I mean, that I really like movies based off H.P. Lovecraft stuff. Yeah, like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's what it was. He uh, he wanted to make, a, uh, and I think, I may be getting this confused with the people that made this movie. But if I'm not mistaken, H.P. Lovecraft got the inspiration for, the, for Herbert West's uh, original story from Mary Shelley. He just wanted to make something that was a little bit more... It's kind of comedic. Yeah. Well, he did a good job. Well, I've never read the story that's based on, but I really do. Like uh, the Lovecraft movie. wrote uh, the because her the reanimator is a short story by Lovecraft, right? Uh, and he wrote it as a parody of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Right. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, it's a, it's a fun movie. I, I I will watch this movie again. Um, I might even upgrade to like that special edition Blu-ray that's that's out. Um, just because I do like the movie, I do enjoy watching it. I just have to kind of turn off my brain a little bit and stop questioning how any of this fucking works with actual science. And it's, that's hard because the movie is kind of based off science. Like it's a very scientific kind of thing. You know, it's not like it's voodoo or magic or any shit like that where I can just turn off my brain brain completely by just going oh yeah it's fucking voodoo and magic who gives a shit how it works as long as they're consistent with their rules that i'm cool with it but this isn't consistent it's like uh and i this the end of this movie made me really think about pet cemetery how it's very like pet cemetery and how mm-hmm. in pet cemetery 2 it throws away all the fucking rules established by the first pet cemetery and th- and and that's what kind of makes a lot of people not like Pet Cemetery Two. And I like Pet Cemetery Two because they bring their stepdad back to life, and the shit he does for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I I like Pet Cemetery Two. I think it's a fun movie, but they throw away all the fucking rules. But it's one of those movies that I can just watch to enjoy. I don't right. Fair enough. I, don't I agree with think. you on this one too. Yeah, uh, I'm probably going to end up getting that Vestron release that's coming out for this. Wait, no, it's not Vestron. It's, um... Yes, it is. Vestron's not putting out Reanimator. It's fucking Arrow. Is it Arrow? I'm pretty... I'm looking up right now, but I'm pretty positive it's Arrow. Because Vestron can only put out things owned by Lionsgate. Uh, it is Arrow. It's coming out July the 25th, right? Yep. Yeah, suck it. Either way, I'm gonna get it. Yeah, I, th- I think I might actually upgrade it. I'm I'm in debates right now because I'm talking to someone. I might be buying a region free Blu-ray player finally. 
And once I do That'd that, cool. it'll open up the world to me. Ooh, uh, Disc 2 has a guide to Lovecraftian cinema. Brand new featurette looking at the many various cinematic incarnations of writer H.P. Lovecraft's work. I will be definitely down to, to watch that, especially because I, like, I never put together how things to like uh, John Carpenter's The Thing was very Lovecraftian. Uh, I just watched a movie that Kenneth recommended on the 90s show called uh, In the Mouth of Madness, which is also by John Carpenter. And that movie was fantastic. I can't wait to watch that movie again. Holy shit. Um, Jay, uh, I watched The Void recently. That was very Lovecraftian, and it was fantastic. I want to watch Probably it. Probably one of the, the best movies I've watched in a very, very long time. The Blu-ray. Did you buy The Void? What? Did you buy The Void? No, I can't find it for purchase. It's, it's No, you can buy the Blu-ray. It's on Diabolic DVD dot com the only well, bad part I think, is it's almost 30 fucking dollars for the blu-ray well to be fair it was a kickstarter project so that kind of makes sense i know but man if i'm putting 30 like i uh, i have the box uh the box set for the house movies the the region b one that's all the house one two three and four and that was only 45 dollars and i get four movies even though only where really- did you find that for 45 dollars uh, I pre I bought it off Amazon dot UK. I bought it off UK Amazon. I bought me and I had that pre ordered, and you told me not to buy it. Well, yes, because at the time we didn't know. I didn't buy it until after it came out, and people were like, "Hey, House Three and House Four are not region locked. You can buy this set officially." Because at first it was saying House One and Two are region A and B, and House Three and Four are region locked to region B. And then it came out, and people were like, nope, works in American players just fine. Um, it, Arrow's done this a few times, where they say it's region-locked, and it's not. And uh, well, so Now it's 84 pounds, and I don't know how much that is, but it's way more than I want to spend. Oh, dude, people are selling that motherfucker on uh, eBay for like $100 and up. 84 pounds would probably be right around that, right around 100 bucks. Yep, never yeah. mind. Oh, you know what I did though? While we're just while we're talking about uh, buying stuff, I don't know if it'll happen or not. But Amazon had the entire mm. uh, Tales from the Crypt series listed for twenty dollars. Yeah, for that, pre-order that new box that's coming out. I will be and interested so if they I, honor that. I pre-ordered it. We'll see. It's an official listing because it says it's sold by Amazon. However, it all it listed as only one disc. So, yeah, no I, idea what's going on with that. But for 20 bucks, I'll take the gamble. Yeah, I think they're they're not going to honor it. And I know they have their Amazon pre-order price guarantee. But it's like anyone who has a ha, any false advertising stipulation has a thing in there that says, if it is a glitch, they do not have to honor it. Oh, I know. But we'll so, see what happens. I, oh, I know you know, but they, like you saw the same uh post that i did and saw these people talking if they don't honor it i'm gonna blah blah i like flipping out over it and i'm just like jesus christ guys if you actually had a business you would probably understand a little bit better how this works <laughs> yeah seriously work some retail I pre- hours damn i pre-ordered the teen wolf shout factory and the uh the warlock one through three special edition that's Ooh, coming wow. out i i haven't pre-ordered anything yet but i did get in uh, a, a couple of Vestrons. I got my first couple of Vestron titles. I oh, got... bucks. Yeah, I got Return of the Living Dead 3. I got uh, Chud 2, Bud the Chud. Uh, 
and I got the gate because Best Buy had a sale on all three of those, so I picked them up. Uh, all right, guys, I'm just gonna interrupt the show right here. Uh, Slither Collector's Edition is up for pre-order on Amazon for twenty dollars and thirty-three cents. Ooh, oh, and they Blu-ray just, uh, recorded will the be commentary. out July twenty-fifth. So that is one I will most likely be getting because I most because I want to listen to the that. commentary track. I just want a copy of it. That that also, man. Oh, guys, future episode idea right here. I'm throwing it out live. A top five or a top ten list. Horror movies that need a fucking Blu-ray release. God, that take me all day. Man, that shit would not take me long at all. I could rattle them off right now, but I don't want to do that because I, I think it would be a fun segment to add to a show. So that's something we, we might have to do. Um, but before we forget, like Kenneth and I and, and Watson forgot to rate uh, Last House on the Left and had to come back the next day to do it, let's rate... One through five Netflix ratings uh, for Reanimator. Jay, you picked. What do you say? Uh, it's a four, solid four out of five for me. I can overlook all the plot holes that I now understand exist that I didn't understand before. <laughs> Thanks for ruining my enjoyment of the movie. Um, but yeah, no, ser- seriously, yeah, four out of five. It's just the plot behind it and the. Um, Special effects are just worth that rating alone. Just the the insanity of the movie. Fair enough. Kenneth, where are you at? 4.5. Wait, did you say 4.5? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I'm right in between. I really, really liked it, and I absolutely loved it. Right. <laughs> I'm in between liking and loving it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like right now, I mean, how can you pass up? Like right now, I'm watching a dude getting assaulted by somebody's guts how can, i mean how that's can you true. not uh, yeah i mean that's it's amazing true. we didn't even go into how that works it's just not even okay just my magic. rating my rating is uh i had it at, at a three out of five but honestly i'm gonna go to a 3.5 because you know what i will watch this movie again it's, it's really entertaining i just have to turn off my brain during certain segments um, and I probably will buy the new Blu-ray when it comes out. So, uh, 3.5 for me, 4 for Jay, 4.5 for Kenneth. Uh, that is our rating for Reanimator. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's uh, it's on Shutter. If you have Amazon Prime and using your Shutter thing, but good news, everyone. If you didn't see JP at 22 Shots go at it with Shutter to get them to yo. Bring it to PS4 and Xbox One. It looks like we will be getting that. Shutter has already appeared on Xbox One, and I have not checked to see if it shows up on PS4. And hopefully, we will be getting that. And if you're wondering why that's better than just doing it through Amazon, because there are actual movies that are on the Shutter website that are not available on the Amazon channel Shutter, and you can't log into the site with your Amazon login. Uh, and if you want, and an instance of this is the original Maniac is on Shudder's website to watch, but you can't watch it on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I went to watch it this morning, and I was just like, what the fuck? Yes. So, it looks like we will be getting a Shudder app on PS4, and as soon as that happens, I will be canceling the channel on my Amazon, 
and moving over to the full website and if shutter does this this is who i want to support they are the best streaming horror website period um so if they can bring the app over to ps4 and xbox one i am all about it um oh on top of that uh jay and i do horror pack for blu-rays um well i've done one you've done one yeah yeah did you not get this last month's no, I told you I wasn't going to be able to do it. Oh, okay. Well, I got. I'm getting this the the next box also, um, just because I think it's twenty five twenty five dollars worth of fun. I did a Facebook Live video for the group because uh, I thought it would be speaking. Fun. speaking yeah, you should have made a YouTube dollars. video. I actually, Jay, I was gonna say I think we should if you continue to do it with me. I think I'm going to let you do the YouTube videos and I'm going to do a Facebook live video in the group because that's, that way we're covering both and it's promoting both. Fair enough. Anyway, I think you should say? buy that Warlock box set. Jeff. I just pre-ordered it. Calm down. Yeah, I'm, you can't beat the price, man. 25 no, bucks. 25 bucks for all three. Okay, if, if we all three get this, are we going like, to... We should do a podcast on all three movies. Yeah, we could do the okay. Warlock trilogy. I, yeah, I'm down. Hopefully, it won't it won't go as bad as the Evil Dead retrospective, where it never comes out. But oh, may it rest in peace. Yeah, I, I I will pre-order it tonight just so we can do that. Um, nice. So, speaking of future episodes of Kill the Cast, we do have uh, a lot of good ideas. Um, and we do have a couple of episodes pretty much planned out for what we're going to do next. Um, we do got to wait for Jay to get back from E3 Callie. and give him time to recuperate from that because obviously he can't watch movies while he's over there in E3. Not properly, at least. Why? Because I can watch one on the ride down and one on the ride back. It's only a three-hour flight, so... Well, yeah, but you're going to be all thinking E3. You're not going to be true. fully in the head. Kenneth and I will will do a show while you're at E3. And then when you get back from E3, we will do um, another big show. Like we've got Horror Coliseum coming up. We have a one for that that we're going to do that Kenneth actually came up with. That's going to be really cool. Um, and that's going to be 90s Thriller, which was the best seven versus Silence of the Lambs. Ooh. Um, so that will be one coming up. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that one's going to be good. Now I'm uh, thinking. We're also going to do uh, a wet dream on Elm Street. Wait, what? Yeah, what? I'm a little <laughs> turned a wet, on now. Is this Edward Penis' A wet Penis dream hands? on Elm Street? Is that- <laughs> no, a wet dream on Elm Street. If y'all don't have that movie, you should totally get it. It was hilarious. Wow. Um. We also are going to do a best of the 2000s, much like our best of the 80s show. We're going to do one for the 2000s, and that'll be coming up soon. Um, uh, and Dracula 2000 better be number one on everyone's list. And mm-hmm. Jay is now kicked <laughs> off the show. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be doing auditions uh. for our third host <laughs> coming up. Um, but we, we do have some cool ideas. Uh, over the summer, at some point, we're going to do an anime double feature for you guys, which is going to be Wicked City and Perfect Blue. Um, Woo! That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and uh, sometime over the summer, we're going to do the 2006 movie Cannibal, 
which is the really disturbing film that I said I would never watch again, and Kenneth has convinced me to watch it again. Yay! Um, Rose. And then we're going to pick a horror survival game, and all three of us are going to play it, and then we're going to do a show on it. Where the fuck did that come from? Yeah, he's I've just never, making shit up now. I'm like at least mentioning no, that shit one. I've I've said before. <laughs> yep, that, that is how I'm. I'm That's a lot of fucking you. time to dedicate, man. Yeah, can I can well, it, it, it depends it on the game. I nope, say I if if we're actually gonna do that, I would say until dawn on PS4 because every everybody's ending is different and it's a short enough game. You can drop eight to ten hours in it, beat it in one sitting. And then we'd all have a different experience, and that would be an awesome show. But you'd all have to have a PS4 and a copy of the game. Well, I already have it, and I've already beat it once. There I you go. A, I've got a PS4. I don't have the game, but I, I've seen it played. Game's hella cheap. Yes, I don't, we'll we'll talk about that because that that was at a left field. But yeah, uh, that it, was a left field. If, if you people want it, we'll do it. We'll figure out some way to do it. It might be a a, a bonus show or something. We'll, we'll, do Silent Hill 2. Silent Hill 2. Uh, I'd have to go back and play it, though. Mm-hmm. That game takes forever. That. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, can I just watch someone else play it? Can I just watch yes, Reese play it? Yes, you can do a Let's Play. I'll just watch Reese play it. That seems like the better think, idea for Can me. I watch Reese play it, too? Uh, can no, Reese be plays, naked while she plays I was, was going to say, she actually only plays Silent Hill games. Topless, it's... Perfect. It would be very distracting for you. You would be on the podcast like, yeah, and then the nurse with the the, the nipple rings was, uh, I really don't know Let's what the fuck happened. I was looking at root beer colored nipples. I don't know what the fuck was oh, going on. Now you're just teasing me. Yeah, pretty much. I love Mexican food. Yeah, they're pierced now, I'm going to come over. I'm coming for a visit when you guys play Silent Hill. We'll do a live show. Oh, that's what we'll do. We'll just let's just like have a very expensive show where y'all just come. Both of y'all fly to our to my house for a weekend. Uh, I'm not flying. It. I'll drive. Well, shut the fuck up, Kenneth. Yeah, but it would be worth it. You know what I'm saying? I, I've always said we need to put a parental advisory thing on our fucking cards. If you're watching a podcast about horror movies and you need to explain that it's not for children, then. You don't deserve to be listening to podcasts. And you probably don't deserve to When we to, take it one step children. further and do a video with nudity in it, you know. I will take off my pants and record an episode. And hey. no one wants that, so... Everyone wants that. No, not, not a single person. Oh, well, I'm crying now. Well, you probably should. You deserve it. Um, Last thing I want to bring up um, before we get out of here is... Uh, since we've joined Horophilia, we got a new feed. Hopefully all of y'all have realized that and, and have, have rejoined. Um, we got a new iTunes feed. I would really like some iTunes ratings. So, of course, like everyone else, I'm offering rewards. I have a stack of giveaway Blu-rays and DVDs. Um, and, and pretty good stuff. Not I'm not talking crap. I've got a DVD of I Spit on Your Grave. I got Blu-rays of like... Uh, Hellboy and Cloverfield. I got some stuff to give away. That I, I uh, DVDs, Blu-rays, you uh, Funko Pops. You rate it when we get. Um, I guess uh, when we get to ten ratings, we will do a random giveaway. I'm just gonna jack the exploding heads way. Ten ratings, 
we'll do a giveaway for a Blu-ray, a DVD, a Funko Pop, something. So leave us ratings, good, bad, ugly, whatever you want to do. We'll 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 look into you. We'll be inside you. And the big, the more ratings we get, either one or two things will happen. Either the Kenneth cooler, will blow me. Just, yeah, either the cooler of the stuff that gets given away, or the quantity of the stuff that gets given away. It just depends on what's going on at the time. Because uh, I don't know about you two, but I got some pretty cool shit that I'm willing to give out, depending on how many how many uh, ratings or uh, reviews we get. Yeah, and we've done two giveaways before. We gave away a Blu-ray copy of Ash vs. the Evil Dead Season 1. And -hmm. we also gave out a mystery box that had uh, Funko Pop in it, DVDs, Blu-rays, books. uh, books. Uh, We've got stuff to give away. So do that. Let us know what's up. Also, I would love to know uh, what you want to see us do what movies you want us to review what guests you would like for us to come on, to have come on to the show um especially for another uh uh like we did with alex the last alex on the side of the bone road uh i want to do more of those where we interview other podcasters about their podcast and their lives because i like background information that's why i like special features so and it's like a special feature podcast you know who we should interview, Dan Chase? We should interview <laughs> Dan Chase. Question number one, why is Frighteners better than Scream? Question number two, why are you a bitch? Question number three, why is Cut to the Chase uh, not have me on it yet? Um, those are three Frighteners is better than Scream. Frighteners is, exactly, Frighteners is better than Scream, but Dan doesn't realize that. Oh, well, then I guess we he's should never also... on the show. We should also have Jamie Sammons on our show. That would be amazing. Yeah, we should have Jamie and Brian on our show. Yeah, as I was say, I, want, I would like Jamie and Brian on here because uh, we'll smart this shit all up. It'll be like the last house on the left show again. <laughs> Hell, if we had both of them on there, dude, we wouldn't even have to speak. That's true. We could do that. <laughs> I, mean, we, <laughs> I mean, that'd be the easiest show we ever did. We could just ask a question and let them talk, and, you know, we'd just sit back and enjoy the answers. Yeah, exactly. And I want, like, uh, Joey Afonte from Slice and Dice Dreadcast and Death by the Podcast. I'd love to get him on here. I would love to have the boys from 22 Shots, uh, JP Shots, and Moods. Uh, fuck Jeremy. Jeremy's not coming on the show. He's a bitch. So fuck him. But Moods, yeah. Moods and, and, and JP are welcome on here. I love JP. I work with him with the Married with Children podcast. I'd love to have them on here. Um, oh, by the way, I've got a couple of things that happened. Um, I can't remember whether I said on a, on a podcast that Stranger Things was filmed like a mile away from my house. Because for people out there that don't know, I live in Georgia, which has turned into the new Hollywood. But the closest that I have had anything filmed to where I live is literally on the next street over. They were filming the walking dead literally on the next street over. Like they had a power generator sitting in uh, on the road in front of my house. That's how close that they were filming to my house. I know this motherfucker sends me a picture of the Hawkins, uh, police truck from stranger things. And I've got pictures from the, uh, from where they were filming out here on the street because they just built a new road that's going to cut through uh, to Veterans Parkway right here. They built a new road, but they don't have it finished, so it's kind of it's abandoned right now, so it's perfect for The Walking Dead, you know what I'm saying? And I've actually got pictures of the cars and shit that they had out there 
and uh, I'm probably going to post them up on the Kill the Cast page. And I mean, it looks just like it came out of it. You know, cars that are all rusted up and look like they've been sitting out there for you know a few years since the zombie apocalypse started. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. So so that's this episode. I'll probably post a picture that uh, that uh, Hawkins. Uh, Hawkins County or Hawkins City or whatever it was, because I haven't watched the Stranger Things thing yet, but uh, I'll probably post that post that picture up too. You should. Stranger Things is amazing. God, I love that show. Uh, but that is it for this episode of Kill the Cast. It was a little random, but that is always how we do it, because fuck you. That's why. Um, so you can find us in all the usual places. We are, we are on horophilia.com. Shout out to Jason Lloyd for having us. Um, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us in the Facebook group. You can find us on YouTube. Type in Kill the Cast anywhere and you will find us. So that's the good news. The bad news is, is that this show is over. It's done with. We've got bodies to reanimate and and uh, daughters to touch. So <laughs> th- thank you for joining us. We love you. We will see you next time as we do uh, whatever we do next. We will let y'all know. Maybe it'll be Carnosaur. I don't know. It won't be no. Carnosaur. It should be, but it won't. But I love no. you guys. Uh, Jay, you got anything to say? Uh, no. Good. No I one don't. cares. Kenneth, you got I anything love you to guys say? Too. I want to do Carnosaur. I want to see somebody give birth to a dinosaur. Yeah, it's a fever you can't sweat out. Isn't that a song or album? It's a it's an old saying. What giving sure birth to a album. dinosaur? A fever you can't sweat out. It's a panic at the no, disco album. No fever. Yeah. See. Yeah. Told you. Well, I'm birth telling you about giving birth to dinosaurs. I Let's did once, it. and the fucker bit my hand. Well, you can't rip. bite the fan that the, the hand that feeds you, unless you are. This did rip you out of your food. belly. Uh, okay we're done goodbye everyone thank you for joining us we will see you next time on the horophilia network you'll never get credit for my discovery who's going to believe a talking head get a job and a sideshow